we get excited to come and see. Something that we want people to come and see because it excites us. Whether maybe it's inviting someone to come and see this classic uh, car that I really love. You need to come over here and see this. Or maybe it's inviting one to come and see this beautiful little puppy as you're walking around the streets of town and you want someone to see that. Maybe it's inviting someone to try a sample of those chicken and dumplings as they're finishing up on the stove. Amen? Maybe it's inviting someone to come and to catch a glimpse of a sun setting out in the west as the leaves begin to slowly change on the horizon. More often than we sometimes realize, we invite people to come and see. But how often do we invite people to come and see the love of God? How often do we invite people to come and see something that relates to our loving God, to experience God. Last week, we looked at the word evangelism, and we're in this sermon uh, series called Gone Fishing, where Jesus um, tells the first disciples, come and follow me, and I'll teach you how to fish for people. And what does that look like? And we talked about the word evangelism. And as a reminder, we talked about last week about how evangelism is invitational, it's not forceful. It's not coercive. It, it, it is simply learning to invite people to experience the good news of Jesus Christ, whatever that may look like. We learn from Jesus that evangelism is conversational. When we see stories of Jesus interacting with people in Scripture, it's conversational. It's not confrontational. And a lot of times we may have the imprint that evangelism is all about confrontation, when it's not. We have to be willing to have conversations and to be patient with people when we're practicing evangelism. And a lot of people don't think of evangelism as a good word because they hear the words evangelist or evangelical or other words, and and those thoughts and images may come into our minds when we think of those things. But I want us to kind of reclaim evangelism because that's a good word. Because it's a good word because it's all about how we share the good news, and it's not meant to be forced. It's invitational, and that's kind of what we looked at last week. And in the Scripture reading um, that Amanda read just a few moments ago from the Gospel of John, we see in the story John standing with two of his disciples, and, you know, what would have been your response to Jesus walking by? If you're hanging out and Jesus all of a sudden comes walking by, what is it that you would say? Well, John, John the Baptist, says, look, it's the Lamb of God. And that's a title that Jesus gives, that he gives to Jesus, the Lamb of God. And when John the Baptist is doing that, he's indicating Jesus' sacrificial death. He's recalling the Passover story, the Passover lamb from Exodus in the Old Testament. And he's talking about sacrifices in the temple. This is the Lamb of God that's coming and walking by us. So the disciples of John heard him saying that, and Scripture tells us that John the Baptist's disciples leave him, and then they begin to follow Jesus, and, become, and they want to become his disciples. But when Jesus realizes that these disciples are now following him, Jesus turns to them and says, what is it that you guys are looking for? Or maybe on the Eastern Shore or in Delaware, he'd say, what are you all looking for? What is it that you all are up to? Exactly. 
what is it that's on your mind? And they say something quite interesting. They call Jesus rabbi, which means teacher. So there's a sign of respect there already. And they're already following him and calling him teacher. And they're seeking to know where he is headed and where he's going to stay. They want to know, where are you going? Where are you staying? And Jesus' response is not, get out of here. Mind your own business. Jesus' response is not, well, you better get over here and follow me right now or else. Jesus' response is not, well, you'll just have to guess because I'm not telling you. Jesus' response to them, rather, instead is to offer them an invitation. And the invitation, they want to know where he's headed, and Jesus responds with three words, come and see. Let's not miss out on that invitation that the disciples were given in that moment. They were invited to come and to see for themselves, and that's exactly what happens. As Scripture records it, they indeed went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they hung out with him the whole entire day. How cool would that be, to hang out with Jesus the entire day? Be invited by Jesus to come and to spend time with him, to come and see. So Scripture tells us this morning that these, one of these two disciples was Andrew. And Andrew goes back and tells his brother Peter, who you may have heard of before, And he tells them, hey, we have found the Messiah. We found him. And don't miss this. Jesus invited Andrew to come and see. And now Andrew has gone out and invited Peter to come and see the Messiah. And this is what I want to share with us this morning. Is that Jesus invites you and I to come and see right where you are right where I am, wherever life in life we are, Jesus' invitation to all of us this morning is to come and to see. Notice Jesus doesn't tell the disciples, I want you all to go off and get yourself an, a seminary education first, and then I want you to come and follow me. Notice he doesn't say, make sure you know all the scriptures in and out, sign up for all the Bible studies you can, although those are good, and then come follow me. Jesus doesn't say, make sure you know your Greek and your Hebrew and your Aramaic, and then you can come and follow me. These are the rules if you want to come and follow me. But no, thanks be to God, Jesus calls us and loves us right where we are. No matter how dark or guilt-ridden or ashamed we are by the things in our past, God still calls you and me to come and see every single day. And that is a form of of invitational evangelism. Come and see. Come and experience Jesus Christ and come and follow Him. Come and see that God is good. This, in a way, is is the gospel of John's model for Christian discipleship. Those three words, come and see. Because individuals are invited to come and see and experience Jesus' transformational, transforming presence. In John chapter 1, the disciples ask where Jesus is staying, and Jesus' response is, come and see. The next day, Jesus calls Philip to follow him, and he does. And then Philip goes and tells Nathanael, and he says to Nathanael, hey, guess what? We found um, the one who Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets. It's Jesus. He's the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathanael replies, can anything good come from Nazareth? Seriously? And what does Philip respond? Come and see. 
Just a couple chapters later in Scripture in the Gospel of John, in chapter 4, we see Jesus speaking to a Samaritan woman at the well, and after their conversation, she found out that she was speaking to the Messiah. And her response was to abandon her water jar right at the well, to depart back to the city. And what does she say? Do you remember? She says, come and see the one who told me everything I have ever done. Come and see. There's something about those words, come and see, that John is trying to get across to the audience. There is a sense of choice in our discipleship. There's a sense of also practicing evangelism by inviting people to come and see what God's love is all about. That's part of what it means to practice evangelism is to say to people, come and see. I'm not going to force this on you. This is my experience, but I want you to come and experience this as well. It's one thing to hear about the good news of God's love, but it's a whole other ball game to actually experience God's love for yourself. And part of evangelism is to invite others to come and see and to experience this love. Recently, my wife and I went to a wedding, and it was a wedding of uh, some of the friends that she went to high school with. And we got the invitation in the mail, and that's the big part about um, being a part of a wedding is that you're invited and then you go. Of course, you could crash the wedding uninvited, but that's not normal behavior. She was invited, and she responded to that invitation, and she went, and we went. But she went because she was invited. She was thought of. She was included. Friends, God includes you. God thinks about you. God has included you in this world, and each and every day, God is giving you an invitation. And part of that invitation says right on the front, come and see. Come and experience. Come today and experience this good news. For weddings and all sorts of other invitations that we may get in the mail sometimes, you or even online, you may have to, often you may have to RSVP. Let me know if you're coming or not, yes or no. Let, you you got to let me know. Are you going to be a part of this? Are you going to come to this wedding or this um, birthday party or whatever it may be? Are you coming? Let me know. And then we all often have to RSVP and send it back in an email or send it in the mail, whatever it may be. And I was thinking about that this week because I was thinking about this invitation that God gives to us. Every single day, God extends to us an invitation to be love in the world, to represent Christ in the world. And the question, perhaps for us this morning, is this. Are you RSVPing to God to participate in that work? Or is God's invitation to you lost within all the other mail and paperwork on the countertop? Are we RSVPing to what God wants us to do in the world? Each and every day, we have a decision to make. Are we going to follow Jesus' teachings in the world, or are we not going to do it? Will we be disciples, followers, students of Jesus Christ? What will we do when we see someone who needs a cup of cold water? What will we do when we see someone in our community who is homeless and needs to find a way back to shelter? What will we do when we walk by our Bible in the morning with a cup of coffee? 
will we stop and take time to, to read Scripture and to pray, or will we keep on going? What will we do on Sunday morning when we're in bed and we're trying to decide whether or not we want to come to church or not? These are all decisions that we have each and every day. I want to encourage you this week to start off each day with this question. Lord, what are you up to today? Where are you in my world? Where are you at work? What are you up to? Perhaps God will reply to you every day, come and see. Because I am at work in your community. I am at work in your workplaces. I am at work in your family. I am at work in your home. All the places that you go, I am at work. So come and see and open your eyes. What does that look like for us today, to come and to see? I want to invite you to close your eyes with me for a moment. And I want you to think about what those three words mean to you today, come and see. Are those words for you this morning to come and to see an invitation for you to follow Jesus and His teachings? Maybe that is a commitment that you've never made. Maybe you want to place your faith and trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe you want to come and see because you want to be more active in living out your faith in the world. This moment is for you this morning. What does that look like? The praise team is going to sing a song inviting the Holy Spirit in this moment. And if you desire to